here with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they are opening up their doors to us. I mean, this is a boyhood dream. I know, I know. Why even come out of here if you're not going to take this somewhat seriously? Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition, a victory edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me on this post-game podcast show is Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com, here to break it all down for you as the Bucks outlast the Eagles 28-22 to in what was definitely a closer game than it should have been, Scott, <laughs> the Bucks survive it. They get to five and one on the season. I, I yeah. guess at the end of the day, you can't argue that much with the result, but there's a lot of things about the process that we'll question on today's show while also celebrating the good things. Yeah. I mean, I think it's another example of survive right in advance. Mm-hmm. And and really when you saw Richard Sherman go down in the first series of the game, it's like, holy smokes, what, what else is going to go wrong for the secondary? Jamel Dean picked a good night to step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a big interception after his big 45-yard defensive pass interference penalty. But he did have four pass breakups, although I think on two of those, he was clearly <laughs> clearly with another uh, pair of DPIs that weren't called. So I think the refs were kind of kind to Dean tonight because he did have a, a good game. And when the Bucks needed him the most, he did step up. But there were also a couple opportunities where there could have been some flags thrown on Dean as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're probably never going to get a 100% clean game from Dean. There's always yeah. going to be give and take, uh, no question. But at the end of the day, the Bucks defense, I mean, yeah, if you'd have told me Jalen Hurts had 115 yards passing in this oh, game, yeah. Scott, yes. I would have said the Bucks won by 30. Like yeah. that, I thought it would have been that kind of like a whooping. So right. the fact that it wasn't that way, I mean, you have obviously two huge pass interference penalties that you might as well count yeah. as, as passing yards. I mean, that was 100 been, yards right there, right? Or yeah, 95 exactly. yards, 50 and a 45 yarder. So, yeah, it's right. So, there's definitely a lot of concerns, some that we'll get to and positive things as well. But first, we're excited because this show is brought to you as all our shows are by Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I'm almost done with this beautiful peach vibe, Scott, that yeah. got me through the game day show. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. It's 12, 13 at night, and I know I can drink this thing. Yes. I'm not going to have the, the crash and the headaches and other things you get from other energy drinks. Never felt that with Celsius. Never before. That's right. Um, yeah, the peach vibe, essential energy, no sugar in these. No sugar, Scott, yeah. and yet such great flavor. It's pretty remarkable. What it's a sweet drink. I mean, it, it really, you're like, why does this not have sugar in it? But it doesn't. And that's why there's no crash, John. That's the beauty of it. Um, this is just a prop though. I actually didn't have this today. Um, I you couldn't you know, drink I, that that close to bed. <laughs> well, no, no. I had a Celsius today, but actually I had the Celsius heat. I just don't have the can here. It's, it's, it's in the trash can. But uh, I got the Celsius uh, heat creamsicle. So that's I, my favorite. I, I love that creamsicle. I channeling that. That uh, that old Buccaneer energy today, that yeah. um, you know the yeah. old throwback. So I, had, I, I got finally get some in stock. You know I love the orange, right? And it's like the creamsicle oh, yeah. is just a little bit of a different flavor orange. It really has that creamsicle flavor. I don't know who the scientists are for Celsius that formulate these drinks, but man, they are just absolutely uh, tasty beverages. And coming up, a wide assortment of flavors, John. We've got tropical tropical vibe in the house. This uh, sparkling. Fuji apple pear, the orange. We have peach vibe. We've got the wild berry. 
Uh, and now we've got the Celsius heat creamsicle too. Yeah. Yeah. They're great stuff. Great flavors. You can find them Celsius.com. Click on those banner ads over pewterreport.com or go to Amazon and you can or subscribe, use the subscribe and save and order yourself some Celsius that way. We got the comments. They're already bumping tonight. Uh, TJ says, I didn't know Trevor was in the Celsius ad. The more you know, right? <laughs> it did look a little, <laughs> right. some, some passing resemblance to Trevor there yeah. for sure. Landon says, hey guys, has there been any updates on Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis? And by the way, me and my dad love Celsius. That's awesome, Landon. I'm glad that great to hear. are into it. Uh, a couple other people saying that you know, Pewter Report Podcast has gotten him into Celsius. That's always great to hear. Yeah, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis, uh, maybe we'll see for the Bears game. I think we would be surprised, Scott. I think both of us would be surprised to see him before oh, yeah. the bye week, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think after the bye week for that Washington game might be the earliest that you see one of those guys. And it just depends on which one's feeling the best and, and recovering the fastest. Right. Yeah. So still a lot of information we need to learn there, Landon, as we get closer. I would be surprised if they're ready for the Bears game for yep. sure. But other guys, Rob Gronkowski should be back. Antoine Winfield should be back. JPP should be closer to 100%. Let's just now, should we start there? No, we, we always say on wins, we'll start with the best side of the ball. Uh, I think that was mm, I think that was the offense tonight. <laughs> the offense would have put 30 points on the board if they yes. had not been in a rundown. It would have been nice, situation. John, for them to cover. I'm just saying, screw you, Philly, for, for going for that two-point conversion. At least give me seven points to, Look, to nullify that. That's so stupid. Screw the Eagles, man. <laughs> I knew you were screw the so Eagles, salty. screw Philly. Hey, there's so, probably a lot of people salty in this chat. I get yeah. it completely. Uh, but this look, is not starting off very well for me with my bookie this weekend. This is hey, not a good way to start. Not starting off well for me with underdog fantasy either. Godwin had five catches in the half and none in the second yeah. half. So the offense was it was a weird game tonight. I am excited to go it back was. and watch this game in in uh, in all 22 because this was the first time this season I felt like. Yes, I think the Bucs did some things to beat themselves, especially defensively, you know, with the penalties. But I think that this was the first time it wasn't totally because obviously I think the Bucs could have put up, you know, 30 some points. So, but there right. were some drives where I felt like the Bucs couldn't do what they wanted to do against Philadelphia. And I'm yeah. not sure why that was. Especially like when in the they tried half. to. Right. And I, we know Philadelphia has not given up deep balls this whole season. Right. That's how they played. So they Bucks attacked them early on with tons of screens and tons of short passes, and it was perfect. They broke some tag. You know, they one-on-ones in the open field all the time. It was the perfect game plan, the perfect strategy early on in the game. And then it felt like they kind of got away from it in stretches, and they started trying to throw deep still and still tried to throw nine routes, and there was everything was just covered. I mean, look, right. when Brady threw deep, it was like there were six dudes back there. It was like, yeah. okay, They'll keep doing what you're doing, but then they would get in fourth and ones. They had a bunch of fourth and one, fourth and twos, and they couldn't quite get you know in those situations. They got in those situations too much, didn't go for it a couple of times. So then they did go for it late, and they didn't execute. So it was a little bit of a frustrating performance offensively, and it felt like it was probably like the most frustrated their offense has been this season maybe, yeah. even though they put up 20 points. Like I said, in the Patriots game, I really just felt like the Bucs just kept leaving plays on the field. Like that was yeah. the story to me, drops penalties but also you know missed routes things like that this game it felt like at times obviously like i said they still fine offensive game philly did some things to take away what the bucks wanted to do offensively but at the end of the day antonio brown scott i mean pretty impressive what, what he's been able to do it really was and, and the thing too is when you look at brown the touchdown really you know got the bucks rolling they were 14-7 after that that touchdown and and, and then that the 27 yard catch that was, uh, as Bruce Arians said, Tom Brady agreed. It was not the first read, right? I think it was number three on the list. Brady, and we've talked about it, John, 
the mobility this year to get outside the pocket. We saw it a couple times, but really on that on that throw, rolling out and throwing, which is something we did not see Brady do at all last year. But that was a huge play yeah. to really extend that and, and allow that drive to, to salt the game away. I personally, if I'm Bruce Aarons, I'm kicking the field goal. I just am. Cover the spread. Oh, yeah. oh where you know, were they on the field? Over 30. <laughs> Cover the spread. Well, Let yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like okay, like on on third down, right? Just go ahead and and and, and run it, and then bring your field goal unit on. And that'd have been a long one, Scott. No, it no, was... no. I'm I'm not saying after that. I'm saying like at the very oh. end of the game. Oh, you know, oh, you know, like oh sorry. Inside the five yard line, <laughs> or whatever. What I was like, man, you you're kick the freaking field goal, Bruce. <laughs> Cover the spread. Get the I get thirty what you're points. But I don't understand this one. Is John ready to admit hands down that AB is the best wide receiver on the team? I said it's training camp. Right, right. Well, I've said, you know, if this was going to be vintage AB, which it looked like at training camp, but you obviously yeah. want to see him play games first, then yeah, like those guys. And it is. That's what we've gotten. We've gotten, you know, vintage AB and those other guys are obviously great too. But he's kind of, you know, what's crazy about AB is that he's what he's probably leading this team now in receiving yards. Touchdown. Um, so gonna have 93 yards tonight. He was pretty close. He's gonna be pretty close. Everybody's going to be pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody's going to be pretty close. He's over 400 yards receiving on the season. Now everybody should be right around that right, same yeah. range. Um, yeah. He's, he's playing at such high level and both, both times they score both times, the big play. And then this, the touchdown too, he stays alive. It's a later in the progression play. He's right. not the first read. He stays alive. And that's how, that's how he made his living. That's why I say people all oh, chemistry with Brady and AB. And I, I wrote about this in Bucks briefing. I, I just think Scott, that he's just, good with anybody he plays with i mean gabber can come in and throw him a back shoulder right. that's yeah. like a timing route that's like well, they don't I mean, even need to work together yeah, and boom it's playing like, gabber right. that's what he does yeah. right but it's just, just crazy that ab yes. just kind of adapts to whatever quarterback like he's able to do everything that a wide receiver needs to do at a really high level right and so yeah i, I it's it's a luxury obviously to have those guys and it's beginning to be a luxury to have leonard i mean yeah. it, the way that he's played in the past Wait, game, leonard two touchdowns on the ground oh my Leonard. God, this guy. <laughs> and he you. breaking tackles like yeah i laughed though there was the one catch over the middle scott and he he catches the ball and he turns around he's got it's one-on-one him and alex and a couple <laughs> he's yards just, apart he's got green grass here yes. green grass here he just and he just runs straight right, right into him. At him yeah and he did get the first i think but it was just like oh my goodness and yeah and he i mean he does run through people for sure you know he's he's playing tough he's playing uh, elusiveness you saw even a little bit after the catch yeah. tonight yeah, was a big yak night it, yeah it, it, right? that might have been it this Singleton guy, let me tell you, right? He, oh he had he had like 13 tackles last week. He he had uh, let's old, see, he old had, buddy got tossed out the club by OJ Howard. Had, oh yeah, he did. He had 15 tackles tonight. I'll tell you what, this is the second coming of Barrett Rude right here. Okay, it's, because everybody's Seriously. throwing underneath against the Eagles. Yes, the, the, this this day. guy makes more tackles way down the field than anybody. Right, he's for a linebacker, and I know he's the team captain. I don't really know much about this guy but he's he had 13 tackles last week 15 tackles tonight but they, they were like the least impactful 15 tackles i've ever seen because oh yeah yeah his his tackles are coming so far down the field they don't even matter right. they're coming the after eagles fans first can't stand him. <laughs> yeah eagles eagles fans can't stand the guy yeah and leonard just and oj howard man he's very rude 2.0 
a great performance by OJ Howard, though, wasn't yes. it, Scott? I mean, because oh, yeah. not only did he catch the ball well, and a lot of those were easy catches. He there was one over the, the middle. Shit that out of that ball, that ball yeah. went into the stands. <laughs> yeah, he he's been waiting a full calendar yeah. year to do that, man. It was great to see for OJ. It's. I think he's playing confidently right now. Yes. The Bucks did a great job of coaching. They, he, yep. you know, Brait was playing more than him. He was barely playing, and he kept his head up. He kept working. They got him back into position, and now he's been a contributor, and he's caught the ball well tonight. Yep. He had the one catch over the middle that was a little bit of a tight throw between zone cover. He kind of had to dive up for a little bit and make a great catch. Brady put it right on him, but I, I just thought he's playing really well. And what he's doing after the catch, I mean, I know he got tripped up just barely on that one play. Yep. That was frustrating, but overall, he's done quick conversions from catcher to runner. I think he's, you know, it's simple stuff right now, but six right. catches, 49 yards, and his first touchdown of the season. Yep. They're getting him more and more involved. Last week was the first week he passed Cam right up in snaps. And I think we're going to see him become more and more involved, even as Gronkowski comes back, hopefully, next week. Yep. And listen, I, I was getting texts in the game for people saying, oh, they, that's as good. They're, they're showcasing OJ to trade him. They're not going to be trading him. They're not going to trade Ronald Jones either. They're just not. No. The reason why is because Jason Light won the Super Bowl for this team last year with the depth and they needed Ross Cockrell. They needed uh, picking up Leonard Fournette right before the start of the season. They needed, uh, you know, um, uh, Aaron Stinney on the roster, right? I mean, they needed Cam Brates. Remember that was the thing too. And and, uh, when, when OJ Howard uh, was supposedly on the trading block after they acquired Rob Gronkowski, it's like, what are they going to do with these three tight ends? Who's the odd man out? Well, none of them were. And thankfully that was the case because, OJ went down in week four and they needed Cam Brate and they needed Rob Gronkowski big time. So I, I don't see the Buccaneers shipping off anybody. I I, I believe that that uh, they're going to stand pat at the trading deadline, which is still a couple weeks away, of course. Yeah. And tonight was really about the ability to make plays after the catch. And because of the way the Eagles play defense, when you had well, a lot of screens, a lot of quick throws, a lot of underneath stuff. Yeah. And it was a very effective game plan, to be honest, when they when they executed. It was very, very good game plan. Yeah. They got away from it a few times, and right. the Eagles adjusted and tried started jumping those things. I thought maybe a, we had like a bluff pass coming maybe where they go out for the block, yeah. and then they slip the block and get down. Like, I think some things like that could have worked too. But, yeah, I, I didn't I, – I felt like this was a huge game for Yak. And last year I'm not sure they had the guys for that, and now Godwin's playing great after the catch. But Lenny – and OJ being able to do what they did after the catch in this game, I yeah. thought were some really big moments for this Bucks offense. That is a different dimension, right, Scott? Like last year, yeah. we oh, yeah. didn't have a lot of post-catch guys. Now you've got sure. AB, Godwin's back to that 2019 form post-catch. Right. OJ Howard's out there making some plays. That's never been really a huge part of his game. Leonard is, again, never really been something he was great at last right. year, and now he's he's doing those things. So it's a whole different dimension of their offense. It, it is. What's always in Bruce's cup? This is a good question. Um, you mean like for the, in the post-game press conferences? I'm not sure. Probably water. Shortly after the game, it's crown. crown <laughs> I was going to say. He's a crown man. It might be crown right there at the podium. It, it might be. They, they, might, they might make an exception. They might look at it and say, oh, that's a that's that's a Coke. And he's like, yeah, it's a Coke. Yeah, this might have been that type Coke. of game for him, honestly. I mean, this was yeah. one where I'm sure he's, he was a little bit frustrated. with, And Brady seemed frustrated after the game, too, understandably so. I felt yeah. like. You know, there were some opportunities to maybe do some some other things that uh, obviously I think he's sick of the thumb questions too. Like I think he's oh, pretty yeah, clear. He was, he was he was ridiculously sick of the thumb oh, questions. Goodness yeah, gracious! Sure. Like, 
And again, it's just kind of a ho hum thing, but he's 34, 42 for 297 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, something happened on the interception. I'll look at that one in the all 22, but that one's, you know, some type of miscommunication there. And he's throwing deep and somebody looked like he got, honestly, it looked like AB ran into kind of Godwin's area. And I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened on that play, but we'll look at that one. But yeah, just in general in the second half, it felt like really uneven, a little bit cho- like a choppy performance. Uh, they weren't winning first down. That's always, it always kind of starts there for them because, you know, if they don't win first down, <laughs> they start to hunt the long ball sometimes. Yeah. They get a little impatient. And, uh, you know, that's where I think it, you open yourself up to getting in more predictable situations, especially for a team like Philly that likes to, you know, defend deep anyway. Like that, that holding penalty on Donovan Smith, yeah. that kind of killed that drive, right? Because yeah. first and 20, that against the way the Eagles like to play. You kind of got to get underneath for two balls, and they did get a third and eleven. But yeah, that has a tough spot to be in, I think. Speaking of tough spots to be in, yeah, have Amateur. Oh, look who it is! What's so what's so yeah. what's so tough about being on the the best yeah. podcast in Tampa Bay? I don't know. I, it just that was like the transition. Like, yeah, that's I just, fine. I just had to go from what John said, so it's like, that's you. all he gave me. So oh, I just tried to bringing on a tough guy. Yeah, that's all right. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, look at that mustache, tough yeah. guy out here. All right. Yeah. So Matt, yeah. what do you oh, think, man? What what, what happened in this Mark game? Would say from from Massapequa, Massapequa. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what happened in this game? Twelve completions for Jalen Hurts. If I would have told you that was going to be the case, Matt, before this game, would you have thought the Bucks would have won by forty or fifty? <laughs> I'll split the difference and say 45. It was such an odd game because the Bucs were controlling it the whole time, but it was like, uh, well, the Eagles are still kind of in this. And especially, even into the, the third quarter, I mean, I, I know the, the Eagles made their run there in the fourth quarter, but they had that rushing touchdown with Leonard Fournette. You're up 28 to seven, and you're just yeah. feeling like, all right, let's just uh, let's get a, a running clock now. Let's just kind of yeah. end this and let the Bucks enjoy a, a nice weekend where uh, you can get all your injured players rested and guys banged up in the game. So it was such an odd thing. You look at the time of possession too, especially in that first half. They were, they were showing it on the on the Fox broadcast. The Bucks had 20 minutes compared to like I think seven. For the Eagles and the yeah. way that the Bucks defense was getting all these three and outs, it was unbelievable. It was nothing that we had seen yeah. this year. And then all of a sudden, it just it all came crashing down. Even as much as the Bucks were controlling the game, it, they weren't able to uh to to pull away with it like we all thought we did. But ultimately, a win is a win. So you got to be happy yeah, about I, that. Yeah, I, I think the thing too is you know one one of the things I learned playing high school football was, you know, whenever you have 100 yards worth of penalties, you just gave the other team a touchdown, right? Because that, that's 100 yards. You got to go 100 yards to get a touchdown. You know, whenever you have 100 yards worth of penalties, that pretty much counts for a touchdown. And that's mm-hmm. that's just about what happened. Matter of fact, it was two touchdowns because Jamel Dean's 45-yarder put them inside the five-yard line. Then there's the 50-yarder the that Mike Edwards was flagged for. Both of those were to Jalen Rager. I was kind of surprised he was the deep guy. I thought Quez yeah. Watkins would have been, you know, more of the deep threat. But the Eagles converted both of those penalties into touchdowns, and um, you know, that's that was, a, that's that exactly a, right, a Scott. The, they were they were obviously the penalties again were egregious. Uh, hundred and twenty. Uh, yeah, exactly. One hundred twenty yards. I, I, I think I said this before because the Bucks just keep committing penalties. Anytime you allow a football field's length worth of penalties, yep. that is not good. It's not a recipe for success. The Bucks can't use this as a winning formula moving forward. There are three penalties 
that stick out the most that really hurt the Bucks. Um, and you guys have already mentioned all of them, but the the two pass interference penalties that you just mm-hmm. mentioned with Jamel Dean and uh, and Mike Edwards, the Eagles at no point in this game were able to drive down the field methodically from say like their own twenty five to move all the way down the field. They didn't really earn any of their scores. And the right. last one that stood out to me, as you guys just mentioned, was the Donovan Smith penalty, the holding penalty that that made it first and 20. And they, they got 18 of those yards back. OJ Howard was very close to getting that first down. And I agreed yeah. with the the call to to at least go for it. I didn't like the actual sure. play or the, the read that Tom Brady made on the play. Mm-hmm. But again, if there's no penalty there in the first place, you had a nine-yard run by Rojo. You would have to think that they would convert that first down, and you don't get into that situation where you even think about going for it on fourth and two because you're either further back and you're going to punt it or you're close enough, you're getting into field goal range. But they obviously don't pick up the fourth down there, and again, the Eagles have a short field and scored a touchdown and got the two-point conversion on that play. So at no point did the Eagles really defeat the Bucks' defense enough to say that they earned it. They lucked out with penalties, and then the, the decision on fourth down, that's the only thing that kept them in the game. It's we, hard to – we, Guys, guys we, get, we have some breaking news here. Let me get this up here. Joey Salas, uh, who's uh, just about a Peter reporter at this time. We love you, Joey. Uh, breaking <laughs> news, Leonard Fournette confirmed a new name via Twitter Thursday night, Lenny. And I did confirm Joey's report because he's not actually a Peter reporter. So I had to double check. And, he, and he's right. Leonard Fournette just tweeted out. I, I love uh, this guy. He gives himself his own nicknames. I Thursday love Thursday night nicknames. Lenny. I know. All season, all season Lenny. Lenny to Thursday night Lenny. So, I was yeah. saying all thank purpose you, Lenny you, as well, too, because yeah. he was doing it on the ground and uh, you know in the passing game as well, too. So all purpose Lenny. And yeah. I'm a big fan as well, too, of truck stick Lenny. I was trying to get that going on the Peter Report <laughs> account because he's just running over guys when he has right. the ball. So hopefully truck stick Lenny can become a thing. Yeah. Can can we just say this though? And I I've been as I flipped out about penalties. The taunting penalty in Gennard Avery was just uh, absolutely so stupid. Ridiculous. So like, stupid. Ridiculous. And I yes. don't know that the Bucks even would have needed it. Yeah. But just you can't call that when call. the game is on the line. And I'm totally want the Bucks to win. But you can't call that in that situation. Yeah. Come on. It's so bad, man. It's so bad. It obviously wasn't the only bad call for sure, no question about it. But it just it, like it's it's the most egregious. Just a, a borderline. You know thing. it's bad when I'm in like a group. I'm in like hosting a live stream of a bu- with all Bucks fans. Right. And everybody in the chat is like, "Wow, that's a trash call!" Like, exactly. Everybody basically in the yeah. chat. Like, that's when you know you just have no clue what you're doing as a league. Yeah. It's maddening to me. Um, there's a lot of questions about Brady in the chat. I am just. I never anticipate these. He was 34 of 42. I, I don't. I just, I just think it gets ridiculous. Like Brady probably missed three or four throws in this game. He made thirty-four. I don't know what people want to say. Like, does Brady have to literally be perfect every single week John. for people to stop asking if it's his fault when the offense? Like, it just, John, I don't know what to say, man. Like, well, listen, I'm, you know, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here when it comes to Tom Brady. Okay, and I'm not going to mention Blaine Gabbard. I'm not going to call for Blaine Gabbard in the situation. But the reality of it is, is he did complete less than 85% of his passes. Tom Brady only completed 80.9% of his passes. And yeah, he like, was he the didn't get 300 yards either. He was at 297. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's what has the fans up. I just arms. don't, I don't really know what that 
is I yeah I I'm I just am confused by people who always want to go to a quarterback like it's, we just don't have to blame a quarterback. It's like, only eighty point nine percent. That's right. Hey, Stank has a good question here. Who screwed up in coverage on the Eagles' fourth down touchdown? White or JPP? This was the. I assume you're talking about the rushing touchdown. I it's, believe Jalen Hurts. It's JPP. No, this was Devin White. He's spying the quarterback. He's in position to make the play. Then he thinks he sees a lane open up, and he tries to blitz. And then Ooh. the guard slides off, picks him up, and you can see after the play, JPP turned to him and went like this to him. Yeah, because- but wait, why, why is JPP – maybe I'm getting the plays mistaken in my head, but why is JPP looping inside when he has contained? He probably didn't in that situation. They had Devin White spying and just chasing. He was supposed to be the free guy. So JPP okay. was free to do what he wanted. Devin White tries to blitz up the middle instead of doing his job, and he knew it. As soon as Jalen Hurts goes, he goes like this to himself. Okay. And JPP turns Oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of a different play. You're talking about okay. the, the play by the, the goal line, right? The fourth down play and the goal line. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. It's okay. just like, but you're right. No, the, the run by Jalen Hurts down there. Yeah, that was JPP. He, yeah. JPP was terrible tonight. No, no question yeah. about it. Not yeah. good. Not why, bad. Why just, are we, yeah, I mean, I it, both twofold with those two. Right, play now. JTS. Out, yeah. yeah, outside I'm not saying start JTS, but right. play JTS. Outside contain is a yeah. thing you learn in middle school football. Do not yeah. let anyone outside. And yeah, there were a number of times that that JPP, yeah. as you said, looped into the inside and just opened the door right there for Jalen yeah. Hurts when, to when to go JPP out and rush. He is healthy. He does not give up contain. Like that's probably one of the best things about him. He right. isn't healthy. He can't get off blocks. Right. He can't get off blocks. He can't contain a pocket. Well, and the thing is, he, he was he was gassed down there by the goal line. And it's like if you if you you know if you're one of the coaches, whether you're Larry Foot or Todd Bowles, don't you see that and yeah. get him off the field and and put JTS in there? You know, I mean, and it hurts absolutely. too because Shaq and JTS were like chasing down Jalen Hurts all night. I mean, Shaq right. pretty much ran the Shaq forty yard right. dash multiple times to, yeah. to get after Jalen Hurts, and he was their lone pass rush for most of the game. It was yeah. Just, yeah, could Shaq win one on one every? That was the only thing that right. determined it. They have played well against the run. He was okay, you know, but he got a sack tonight. I know, but yeah, I mean, for the that was kind of like a broken play. But yeah, I mean, I think. That's one of the keys for this team is figuring out what's going to, is JPP going to come back off this 10 day break healthier? If so, okay. Like, cause I think JPP with two hands is still fine. Like too effective, yes, not right. wearing a club on his hand, Correct. You know, unable to get off blocks or execute yeah. moves. I still think he's an effect, you know, effective player. I hope JTS still plays more, but right. with it, he's just not even the same. He can't even execute assignments and Devin white. I just get so frustrated with Devin white because that touchdown just shouldn't happen. It's fourth down. You have the perfect call. This is the same thing he does so many times in the red zone over his career. He thinks he can do the be a hero, and he goes and tries to be a hero. He did the same thing against Atlanta in week two. Mm-hmm. Same thing. He's go, Matt Ryan gets out of the pocket. He says, oh, I'm going to mash the gas and, gas and come off of my guy. He's Cordero Patterson. I'm going to try to hit Ryan. Ryan's not a threat to run. He's not getting to the goal right. line. You're like 12 yards out. It just makes no sense. Stay in coverage on Cordero Patterson. And you've got he's got nowhere to go, and your yep. defensive line will chase him down. He tries to be the hero. Ryan just flips the ball over his head. Patterson makes the catch, scores a touchdown. And it's that he there was like three or four of those, yeah, last year in that yeah. situation where he got in gets in the same spot, did the same thing tonight. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna get a go get a sack. Tries to chase him up the middle. You're a captain on this team. Like, are we are we at the better. point with the excelling of Leonard Fournette and the regression of Devin White? Has Leonard Fournette Pass the baton to his LSU brethren, Devin White. Is there no more Leonard? And now it's Devin. Oh, Devin! We might Devin, what are you 
doing? They Damn, might be on the precipice of oh, it. I'm saying, you know, yeah, it's, it's your call. It's your guy's call. Like it. But I'm just saying, the way oh. things are going. Oh, man. It's a well, time. <laughs> it's I a time to ask they, that. It might be time. I mean, it's we've had plenty of those moments. And Devin White had some good plays tonight, too. Like, that's yes. what makes it really frustrating. You know, mm. early in the game, first half, he fit some runs great. He made a tackle on the flat that was really impressive. Then in the second half, you know, again, I think he – I'll go with the tape and check, but I think he probably misfit some of those runs. I know they're light box and nobody's expecting the Eagles to run there and they finally, right. you know, get a couple runs on the box yeah. in, in those situations and you kind of just, okay. And then the Eagles actually killed them. They ran near the goal line on first down, didn't get it because Sue made a great play yep. in the backfield. Yep. They ran off like almost a minute doing that, like untangling the bodies, mm-hmm. getting the play clock started again. They got in the huddle. They took like the whole play clock. Oh, I thought the Eagles like um... – the clock management was horrible. Oh goodness. It was bad. <laughs> Maybe they just aren't played enough together to communicate like that with three replacements on the O-line and the young quarterback and young receivers, yeah. but it wasn't good for sure. So 115 yards, yeah, I would have thought that this game was a lot more one-sided. But Yeah. Well, in the, the one thing Bruce Arians said, oh, while we're still talking about the defenses, is he said, you know, we, we had one plan, which was to make sure Jalen Hurts doesn't run to those right, you know, and he did that all night because they, they did not do a good job of setting the edge and getting contained. And, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's disappointing because so many times, um, you know, you saw guys go at Jalen hurts, but not pin him in, right. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not set the box because your help is on the inside. It's not to the outside because you like to think with most quarterbacks, the sideline is your your twelfth man, and there's a couple of instances the play by with Sue near the sidelines where that was the case. But too too many times he turned the corner and was able to get some yards, and it wasn't fatal for the Buccaneers. But at the same time, though, it's it's just not good fundamental football up front. It's gonna be. We're getting to the point now where it's just kind of okay. We kind of know this defense. You know, they they hung in there tonight, and I give Jamel Dean credit because he's never gonna be. I don't think he's ever going to be. We'll see. He has potential to be, but I just don't think he's ever going to get there where he can be like an every down, you know, reliable guy. Like there's right. the the interception, he finds the ball perfectly and he makes a great play. Does that abandons was, the receiver base to go get the ball. Yeah, like yeah, it was a great yeah. play. And then he is, I just don't understand the play down the field. I know it's underthrown, but you don't even like try to get your head around or adjust. He just kind of grabs It's just a panic him. play. That's it's what just it a panic play and yeah. he's in position. So why are you panicking? You know, it's, it's not like Edwards play was like kind of a last gasp, you know, moment there in that pi and then the two-point conversion i felt like dean was in position and just didn't really recognize that the ball was coming in time and right you know he he's just and then he obviously makes a couple other good plays in coverage but he's kind of yeah. there early too and so there's just it's just a mixed bag with dean it is. i don't think it you're is. ever gonna see yep. the same thing snap to snap how about ross cockrell oh uh, six. i mean the- it's not it's not even that it hit him in the hands it was a screen pass so it's already like a floater as it is right. you know it's not you something that seen the chat when he dropped that, that rifled in there yeah. that also set off a butterfly effect because they the eagles had to they didn't convert on the on third down so they had to kick the field goal they, they missed the field goal so the bucks get the ball with better field position but because right. they had better field position then they, the whole fourth down thing happened where the eagles got the ball back but if he just picks it off he takes it to the house, and right. the game is is pretty much done from there. So it really set off a, a whole butterfly effect that uh, kept the Eagles in the game against the Bucks. <laughs> I was surprised. Were you guys surprised Jalen Hurts played as poorly as he did? I thought he played really bad as a pass. Yes. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, a couple of good scrambles here and there, but 
I thought that he this was his worst game of the year by far, and it's a good thing because Bucks still almost lost. But um, yeah. first half he really looked lost. Second half he did make a couple throws here and there, but was far from consistent. Um, again, twelve completions on the whole night. Uh, very weird game, man. And late in the game they're running the football, and they did get some good chunks to, to give him credit. But that was a really risky strategy. I felt like running the football as much as they did really ran a lot of clock. Right. It, it, there's going to be a time where he's going to get banged up. He's he's going to sprain an ankle, hurt his knee, um, n- not enough to knock him out of the game, but like Jacoby Brissett last week, right? Jacoby Brissett pulled the hamstring, still was effective, right? Mm-hmm. When Jalen Hurts loses the ability to scramble and rush for those touchdowns, he is a below-average quarterback. And mm-hmm. when he's not the dual threat, when, when you can keep him in the pocket – or, or force him to throw the ball, that's where you win. Because yeah. his running ability, his ability to scramble, score touchdowns in the red zone with his legs, that's – I don't say that's what makes him special because I don't think mm-hmm. he's special, but that that's his added dimension. You take that yeah. away, he's a below-average quarterback. Yeah, that, and that's – I don't know that that's been the case through the first four or five games, but or most of them, but tonight it was absolutely the case. And I think long-term you might be on to something there with him. I, I he is one of those guys that will work his tail off to get better, but it hasn't happened. I think the Bucks defense, you know, for one thing I will give Todd Bowles credit for, he I don't think he blitzed a ton in the first half, which was the right call in my opinion. I don't know about the second half. It felt like maybe – I think he did the same thing, to be honest. Yeah. But I think it was the right call. I wish that the four-man pass rush had been better than it was and and kind of honored his <laughs> decision to not blitz as much right. there a little bit more. But uh, it wasn't the case. They didn't really get to him that much. Even when they got to him, he usually got out of the pocket pretty easily because they didn't contain well. So that group's just got to be better, man. Like that's that whole Bucks season defensively, at least, is resting in that group. If they can't get healthy or can't get as healthy as they need to be, their four man pass rush just has to be a real asset to the team. And it's just not an asset right now. Right. I Are we ready for Manscaped game balls? I think so. Let's do it. Ready for, well, before we do that, actually, let's okay. let, let's give Matt a chance to talk about our friends over at Living Golf Life because I know these guys are rolling out some new products, doing some new things, and I want to be able to let the people know what they're doing over at livinggolflife.com. Oh, yeah. Big fans of Living Golf Life. And they are huge Bucks fans as well, too. They have season tickets, so they're at every home game. I know they were watching tonight for sure. Living Golf Life, while it is a golf brand, it's a lifestyle brand as well. Uh, they make great hats polos as you guys can see right there they got glass mugs they have um koozies as well too uh and when i say that they they're all about the lifestyle brand is uh, as much as fun golf can be it can be stressful at times too you're not getting a lot of good swings but the important part is that you're outdoors you're with your friends and family you're having a good time and you're wearing the best apparel that you could possibly have on the golf course these hats and polos are extremely comfortable. I wear them all the time. I wear them all the time to uh, to Bucks practice. You can wear them on the golf course, obviously, but they're great to wear, you know, out on a date, out for your Friday or Saturday evening. Um, just quality overall stuff too. Really, yeah, quality. absolutely quality stuff. They're coming out with new hats. Uh, I'm a big fan of the. Uh, I guess you can call it trucker hat. Um, I really enjoy those. Um, nice and mul- it's got mul- the mesh multiple. Yeah, I, I like to wear it backwards personally, like yeah, Tom Brady was uh, this week. Yes, yeah, as you see, John and I have matched with hats yes. and shirts like multiple times mm-hmm. on the podcast without even 
planning it or anything like that. Make sure you go to livinggolflife.com to see all of their apparel that they have and check out their Instagram as well. They always got some fun captions. They do a lot of giveaways as well, too, where they'll post a picture and say caption this and best caption gets uh, either a free hat or shirt or whatever they're offering. So go to livinggolflife.com, check out their swag and follow them on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. I can tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick, before we move to game balls, uh, just a couple of statistical things. You mentioned, I think, the seven penalties, 420 yards. Bucks were also, I'm going to say, three for three in the Reds. I mean, they were three for four, technically, but only because they knelt down. I hate, yeah. why can't we just take those out? Yeah, like, can agree. we use common can we, sense a little 2021, bit? We can be better with statistics. Like, <laughs> they got one last week, too. They nailed out yeah. the red zone. I'm like, come on, we can't just take these out and make an accurate stat. So, yeah. three for three in the red zone, in my opinion. Um, and the Eagles were also three for three, so that's not great. Um, but that's that's the area of the field that the Bucks have said that we need to be, be they need to be better in after um, the Patriots game, where they were not as good in that area of the field, one yeah. for four. And they've been great the last two weeks. You know, four for five against Miami, three for three technically tonight, really. Um, and so, yeah, they are kind of doing what they need to do in that area of the field, and it's helping them because not every drive in this game necessarily went the way they wanted it to. The time of possession in this game, I know we mentioned it for the first half at least, but it was like 40 <laughs> minutes to 20. Yeah. It was unbelievable, uh, the time of possession <laughs> of this game difference. No way this game should be a six-point game. Just ridiculous to me that it was a six-point game. The Eagles were three of ten on third down. Bucks were seven of thirteen. Three hundred ninety-nine total yards for the Bucks. Got to finish more drives. Got to finish more drives. Yeah. Like that's that's the bottom line for me as we get into it. I, I think the thing is, is it just seemed like the Buccaneers were just trying to just end this game, right? Like it, they just yeah. wanted to get out of Philly at, at the end of the game. Um, I think if if they wanted to, well, certainly, I mean on the last drive they should have scored we've already talked about that for, for my my bookie bet that didn't hit but but no, I, I think that that if they really wanted to to mash the gas i think they could have done that a little bit in in the fourth quarter um it, it just seemed to me that they coasted a little bit and, and it almost bit them in in the i think when they're up 28 7 i think they coasted just a little bit and they lost That's the momentum a, and, yeah. and philly to their credit took advantage of that and and got uh, 15 points on the board. Yeah, Philly, Philly doesn't quit, man. You saw that in the Chiefs game, saw that in the Cowboys yeah. game. They're a tough team. They they, mm-hmm. they really are. They'll keep coming, no question about it. And they, like I said, those runs, I think, surprised the Bucs because nobody runs on them. They, the Eagles hadn't run all game, and the Bucs were in, like, that lighter personnel. Like, they were almost going dime there, right? Pierre Desir yeah. was in the game. I mean, I think they were just super light in the box, and so yeah. they kind of conceded that. Jamal Dean said know. after the game, right, he said, we're – kind of okay with them running in those situations because yeah, sure. just, it, just it burns clock and they're not going to get, you know, they might get a first down. They're not going to get a touchdown. It's yeah. not going to be cheap and quick. Vita Vea getting a lot of love tonight and you got to get a sack. I like it. Yeah. Vita Vea yeah, had to run stuff too that everybody loved. Yeah. Miles that miles, that, oh, yeah, yeah. That tackle on him was just incredible. Yeah. The chat went nuts about that one when it was <laughs> during the game. So, all right, let's get to these Manscaped game balls. Game balls presented by Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Since it's just the three of us on the pod tonight, I didn't know if you, I, JC is, is well, he's suspended from the pod, first of all. Also, yeah. it's his wife's birthday. So, happy birthday, Mrs. Allen. And she's That's right. He's celebrating with her as he should be, which is good. And uh, Casey, I think she just said, you know, I've had enough. I'm not going on this show. I, I was already in the pregame. Casey, show. Casey, she's excited about that seven to six rally from. 
the uh, yeah, yeah right, right. right. Like she's time, like, I, sorry, so. I got lightning yeah, stuff to do. Back. I got bug yeah. stuff to do. That's right. So she's gonna have her answer for tonight. So it's just the three of us. Let's just go ahead and talk about this wonderful, unbelievable product, Scott. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. What yes. a game changing product, right? It I is. mean, here we are trying to take care of only using only the goat technology for the greatest balls of all time. Whether you're going toward the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust them. So join the movement with our exclusive offer by using the promo code Pewter20, P E W T E R 20, at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Here's what you're getting quickly now. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This thing's unbelievable. Scott's demonstrating. Well, not demonstrating, but not holding it up for you to see. Not I'm demonstrating on the pressing show. Pressing the button, turning it on, John. Right, That's right. Got the, got the amazing LED light there. Got the travel lock. It's waterproof. The travel lock. So you put it in your backpack or however you carry around. A, I don't really know how you carry around a ball trimmer. I guess if you're travel, I don't really know. Anyway, if you need the travel lock, it's there. But the light, oh, there's no snags. It's comfortable. It's close. Very important. When you're an old man yeah. like me, it's important to have this you light. See that light? Because, yeah. Get, get yeah. Everything that's going that's on critical. down there. You got to see the Weed Whacker ear and na- nose hair trimmer, game-changing product. The Crop Preserver ball deodorant. Oh, if you've never, you got to use it. Oh, I'm telling you. Crop Reviver toner plus two free gifts. The Performance Boxer Briefs, which are the most comfortable boxer briefs oh, yeah. on planet Earth. And the shed travel bag, the shed travel bag. Wow. I'm telling you, if you've ever needed a great travel bag, the this shed travel, that's what you're putting your trimmer in. That's what you're carrying it in that, in the yeah. shed travel bag. And you got the travel lock in the travel bag so you can travel and not worry about the buzz. Right? Yeah, it's great. Um, and you also, with this, you, you, as I mentioned, it's 20% off plus free shipping right now. So yeah. you can literally save the day and save your balls by doing this. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off plus free shipping. And you get all of this in the package. It's great for a gift and it's great for you too. So take care of yourself. Ask for this. If you don't have it, if you, if you have it, tell other people, Hey, this is great. Can I get this for you? Or just get it for them. Surprise them. They don't even know sometimes what they need. And, and right. this is something that they need. All right. Quick poll. You guys manscape. This isn't like a new thing. It's been out for a couple of years now. Have you, if you didn't get the free one, would you have, done it would you oh, have i mean i've it? i'm yeah oh, i'm all i'm all in been all in you oh, haven't okay all right yeah, see, even before. definitely see not me like i i i was like i don't think uh you know but you're me. in you're well, in now. i'm in now but the thing is is i got the free one and i said oh my god i can't believe this you know i know, I know they're they're paying us to talk about this so i gotta use it i gotta try it i was you like love it I was like holy crap this is awesome this is really good like a good product awesome. and the thing is is because i'm older than you gents you know the nose hair starts to get a lot out of control at age 49. And the great thing I love about the nose hair trimmer is you stick it up there and there's no snags. Mm. Like you don't sit there and pluck them out anymore. You just stick it up there and you're done. Uh, and yeah, it's, plucking, it's is the, plucking is the worst. It's awesome. No, you know what else is fantastic? Free shirts, free Pewter Report shirts. Oh, we got yeah! Free shirts if you make white. an order. Let's go. We got the, the gray Pewter shirt right there. We got the, the go. black ones too. So it's really simple. Um, you know, all, all I need from you is when you place the order using the, the Manscaped Pewter 20 promo to save 20% off, plus get the free shipping, you're going to get a receipt from Manscaped. You're going to email me that receipt at srpewterreport.com. It's easy to remember, Scott Reynolds, srpewterreport.com. 
And I don't need any of your financial information. The good thing is the receipt doesn't have any of that on there, but it does have your address, which I do need to send you the free shirt. So right. go ahead and forward me your proof of purchase at srpeterreport.com. And let me know, do you want the white one? Do you want the black one? Do you want the gray shirt? And then what size? And we'll ship that out to you absolutely free. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to these game balls uh, for the game tonight. Uh, am I going to get to go first for a rare chance? Yes, gone first do it up. Right. Do right, it. Let me go. Let me, let me go first. Offensively, uh, I'm giving it to the offensive line. We haven't even mentioned oh, them on the ball. I, I wrote them down as one of them. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable performance. I mean, I know the Eagles barely blitzed. They actually blitzed a few times tonight. I felt like everything was handled really well. I can't wait to watch the tape again, but I do we even I don't even think anybody said Javon Hargrave's name hardly. Fletcher yeah. Cox, again, same thing. Like those guys were just kind of taken out. I didn't feel like anybody, you know, on the on the touch first touchdown run by Lenny, I believe it was uh, Leonard Fournette was or uh sorry, um Tristan Wirfs was dominating. You could see on the run. Yeah. Like I just think all game, those guys were great. Uh run game, pass game. All five of them, really, no complaints at all. Well, you know, I'll get back to the tape, right. and I expect them you to know have what? another well-graded performance. It's the second game in a row. Well, let me ask you this. They give up one sack to New England. Who gave up that sack? Do you remember? Uh, New England. That was the, was it a tight end? That was kind of the scheme thing. It was kind of a scheme flaw. It was they, they pulled Kappa and Rojo. That's right. Yeah, like yeah, right. Judon. Judon yeah, had a little, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little off their So the last two weeks, though, because last week it was Bernard and, and uh, it was RJ. So really yeah. the last two games now, the offensive line is not allowed a sack. And the last three games, they've gone over 100 yards rushing. So yeah. I agree. That, that's a hell of a pick. Yeah, offensive line was uh, tremendous for sure. And there's a lot of – you could go a couple places with that one. I'm sure you guys will. But they, they played absolutely awesome tonight. And then defensively, you know, it's hard for me because – you, you can pick apart everybody with some positives and some negatives, I think. Um, and that's kind of how you can go throughout this whole group right now yeah. defensively. Uh, I did think Shaq Barrett played very well, though, and impacted the game very well. And Chase sent out some plays. He play, He's playing very hard right now. Uh, he's playing very confident. He's beating guys one-on-one. -on -one, and they really – as long as they're not going to play JTS, Shaq is kind of saving the pass rush right now, you know, since the last two games. JPP hasn't been himself. Uh, his numbers are just way down. It's been a disappointing season. He's hurt and playing hurt now. Veo is was really good as a pass your first few games, and I think he was good in this game. I think he can still um, get get better as a pass rusher. He wasn't super impactful in this game in that way. They have not a lot of the four man rushes were died out tonight, except for the plays where Shaq got through. So I'm going to give Shaq the defensive game ball, and then uh, special teams. I don't have any real takeaways on special teams tonight. I don't. I don't know. Nothing really stood out to me. Matt? Yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, there's a couple of different directions you can go with. Um, obviously, everyone loves Leonard Fournette, but I, I picked him last week, so I won't pick him this time. Antonio Brown, man, uh, every yeah. single week now, there was the long argument about who's the best with him, Mike, and, and Chris. But over the past couple of weeks, Antonio Brown, when he's healthy, he's pulling away from this competition. I mean, he was the most reliable receiver in the game, nine catches, led the team with that, 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, wasn't necessarily the huge, like the touchdown play was big, but like the down the field plays, maybe not as much as last week, but he That's was 27 just, yarder though. Yeah. It, last and, drive. That was yeah, exactly. He made the clutch catch, which everyone was saying it was, the throw was a little off by Brady and it was just a great play by Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, he was making plays all over the field. Just another great, great game for him. 
On the uh, defensive side of the ball, I guess you got to go with Vita Vea just for – I know you just took Shaq Barrett, and we just talked about Vita Vea, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a sack and a half just had his imprint on the game, the awesome Actually, tackle they, on they, Sanders. they robbed him of the half sack. They gave it to Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul, so – they, that's well, right yeah what's that, that play i don't even remember that was that the one where he kind of, it was like a no gain no the, the no there game was a lot was, of weird like yeah it yeah. hurts get a yard did he lose a yard right. was it rush or was it, you know he slid down short of the yeah, line yeah. scrimmage one play technically beat his, his his solo sack was for no gain yeah. on the yeah. hurts play in the middle of the field okay but i thought beat split a sack with jpp earlier in the game but they gave it to they gave it half sack to bear. Oh, maybe to they'll right. rescore it. I don't. Yeah. 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 Maybe they can go to the tape after. But yeah. originally, originally it was half for Shaq, half for Vita Vea. But then in the final game book, they switched it and they they took it away from Vea and gave it to Bear. Right. Overall on the defensive line, obviously Shaq was the man, but Vita Vea was right there yeah. as well. And he again shows why he's so important to this defense uh, on the interior front. No doubt about it. So um, my game balls. Um, well, I guess J.C. Allen texted in his game ball is uh, on yeah, defense. He's suspended. I don't know if we should even read that. Well, it's, it's Ross Cockrell. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. It's Ross Cockrell. And then also, Shocker. he also said on offense, Ross Cockrell. So, <laughs> don't know why, but that's that's the story. He's sticking to it. Um, okay, so my offensive game ball. Um, I appreciate you guys letting me have them all to myself. Let us! Leonard. Two touchdowns, Leonard, 20 yard run, 18 yard catch, trucking people, knocking them over, breaking ankles. <laughs> oh, Leonard, what are you doing? Thursday night, Lenny. Oh, Thursday night, Lenny. This guy's great. You know what? You know what's what's also great is like, you know, I, I can kind of like see the sweat dripping down Mike Greenberg's face, right? It's like he's thinking, holy crap, like I gotta pay A B next year. Yeah. Holy crap! I get I get to pay Lenny next year. Holy crap! Maybe I gotta pay OJ next year. You know, it's like all of a sudden these guys are just stepping up, and and it's like they're gonna want to keep all of them. You know, like you still have Chris Godwin, who's the franchise tag, and he's probably the least productive of the three wide receivers, and he's still like really really good <laughs> and super important to this offense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but but Leonard was Leonard was ridiculous tonight. Two touchdowns, a very good game from him. 120 plus all-purpose yards. Defensive side of the ball, um, since you already took Vea, um, I'm going to go with with D Delaney. I, you know, he almost had a really clean game. He had the 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 penalty inside the the end zone, which kind of mattered a little bit. But I mean, they were down at the three yard line. So yeah, they yeah, they moved up, up like a yard, yard and a half. Yeah. yeah. But I listen for for him to come in and and we saw some questions in there earlier. Why wasn't Pierre Desaire put in there as a starter when Richard Sherman went out? And the reason why is because they had a special package for Desaire, according to Bruce Arians, that they wanted to keep, and so they used him like a, as a dime corner Desaire in the more of like the middle of the field, and they they used D Delaney outside opposite of Jamel Dean. Mm. And I, I'm be, going to be curious, John, to see the snap counts tomorrow, the PFF grades, uh, not the snap counts, but the, because he played a lot, he played like the whole game, <laughs> yeah. but but the PFF grades that you usually text around to see what type of, of coverage grade D Delaney got. I don't remember him being targeted that much, certainly not as much as Jamel Dean was. 
Yeah. And I don't remember him giving up many big plays. He made a couple of tackles, I think, and run support. And, and a, good, I, a good game in, in, in kind of like an emergency situation for D. Delaney. Right. I felt like, too, that if some people are saying, oh, Jamal Dean should have got one. Yeah, he could. I mean, he also he had some negative plays, positive plays. I mean, there was – a little bit of everything for Jamel Dean for sure. Jamel Dean had four pass breaks, and I swear two of those were really DPIs. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, the was, one in the end zone, the one in the so, end yeah. zone. He's like like mugging the guy. And the one on the sideline <laughs> definitely was too. Yes. Like he he yeah. got away with a couple, no question. He's yeah, he's always going to be. He's a mixed players. bag, man. Yeah, he definitely made some good plays tonight. He's played well and as well as you could expect from Jamel Dean. I think he's played. Let's put yeah. it that way. Uh, the other one, the interesting one that Bruce said, and I'm excited just to watch this. Is Pierre Desir? He said was playing. They were playing some dime, which yep. that means to me that they maybe did do some things to get Minter. It was Minter off the field. I again, when you're doing play by play, I don't notice all these things, especially on defense. So I'm gonna have to check some of those that those things out. But sound like Desir was in the game playing like dime and covering Zach Ertz at some points late in right. the game. That's interesting to me because Ertz didn't do anything really late in the game, and so I'm I'm yeah. I'm pretty curious to see how that one played out and what kind of a role Desir played, but. Yeah, lots to break down from this one, guys. And we'll be back tomorrow to do that, 4 p.m. Eastern. Make maybe. sure you, you're you subscribed to Pewter Report TV. Yeah, hit that button. Hit the yeah, like hit button. We appreciate it. And thank Get you all very up, much for the Super Chats tonight. We appreciate every single one of the Super Chats. Yeah, the Super Chats have been clutch. Uh, definitely helping us out a ton um, in keeping the pod uh, kind of up to date and allowing us to do more content. So you all have been great with all that. Yeah, tomorrow we'll be live 4 p.m. Eastern and then – We'll be off for the weekend and then back next week with a full slate of shows as well as obviously the Bucks have some time off. We'll be getting into some, you know, awards, how we see the team at this point in the season, state of the NFC. We'll catch up on all of that next week and then get you prepared for this next game against the Bears and we'll see who's going to be back for it as well. But tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, we'll dive into some of the PFF grades, the stats. We'll take uh, try and get a look at the tape before that pod, see what we got, um, see what we can get out there for you guys and how much good uh, content we can bring you and tomorrow on the show as well. It's interesting to note that the Panthers are hosting the Vikings this weekend, three and two Panthers. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are two and three. The Saints have the weekend off as yeah. well as the Falcons. So um, a couple of the NFC South teams have a bye week, but the Buccaneers are 5-1, and one, clearly out in front of their NFC South brethren. Yeah, for sure. And the Panthers, yeah, might be sliding a little bit. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I think the Bucs went up from 79% to 83% favorites to win the NFC South with 83% chance to win the NFC South tonight with this win. So. Yep. Important win in that Pretty regard good. for them at the very least. Getting to five and one. Can they get to six and one against the Bears? We'll see. Lots on the line uh, when they get to that one. Uh, so we'll we'll be back tomorrow, though, 4 p.m. Eastern with more on the podcast. Until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out. Out.